Yours was a lot cleaner. Hey, y'all. But you know what else is the cleanest? Here we go. Three, two. You hear that? That's the, the sound, sound of football coming it is. your way. I like how you just tried to sound like Liv Shriver on the uh, on Hard Docs, which we'll talk about. But yes, uh, welcome. No punts allowed. I do want to. I don't know if we brought this up. So we did a live stream a couple hours ago. We've talked a lot already on <laughs> predicting the AP poll, you and I, which is a lot of fun. Um, yes. Long-winded per usual, but we were debating <laughs> the art of opening up a video, and yeah. I was I was trying in the pod. We just it just pours out. We and just it's, yeah. It's we just reckless and who cares? Yeah. Um, and I mean that in the best possible way. That's just how we do it. But these videos for Bleach Report, like we want them for streams. We want them buttoned up. So I was I was working on how I was going to open up a video, and and I was going down the hey y'all genre, and you just were not having it. Um, <laughs> It was, to be fair, it was not that I wasn't having it. I just, your hey y'all is just like not as natural as it should be for, um, it's, you're not in like Mincy's in form with your hey y'all. Hey y'all. So that was better. I felt like that was a y'all, you just like, you don't have to go up an octave when you give the y'all. You can do it. I believe in you. Hey y'all. Like, hey (laughs) y'all. Well, you were, you were like. Just give your knowledge like, hey y'all. Hey (laughs) y'all. But it's like See, that's even better. That was better. That feels terrible. Was better. It feels so depressing. But what's funny as I work through these, like an actor or actress, like like working online, and you're like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. I maybe I should open. Like that was <laughs> that was like literally. Hey, that's that's pretty good. I'll start it off. I'm like, I'll kick it off. Fuck. Okay. Well, the best is that also behind the curtain. Like there are people. There's like multiple people that can hear us just talking. Oh, yeah. They must sit around our pints. They must sit there and just be like, "These people are crazy because we will talk about all kinds of things, like you know, Inside pictures jokes, of links, pictures podcast. of Link and his girlfriends." Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You set me up. You're like, "Have you heard <laughs> about Link's girlfriend?" And I'm just like, "I have not." That's very interesting information. Like, what am I going to say right now that gets me no like, response? I'm just like, "Wow, thank you so much for sharing." And right. on my phone, I'm like, "Lane." Kiffin's girlfriend um that was fun today. 25 I, yeah that is well again i'm gonna he get hard in launched her on instagram and social media so it's not like a like secretive thing how old's like national girl 41 40 no he's older than that i mean it's i look. feel like he was like he was like he was like 18 when he started coaching yeah he's 48 oh <laughs> <laughs> all right well we should talk about other stuff yeah, um, we should talk about um, college football, which is just since we have met last time, this has is now a weekly occurrence where yeah, big was... news is dropping between episodes, and we're not even to week zero yet. Um, yes. So the Pac-12 is officially RIP. Like you just gotta say that they're still members of the Pac-12 for the next season. I don't imagine that will be a thing. Um, and we'll see where those teams end up. But yes, it is official. The Pac-12 is kind of going yeah. in separate ways. Um, yeah. And it's so interesting because, like, so many people have asked me, like, my thoughts. And, like, even when you asked me about Arizona leaving, I was just kind of like, you know what, I just want to get it done. Now that it's done, um, it is actually very sad. Like, it, I, I agree. I I was like listening to the president of Arizona in a press conference and being like, yeah, you know, thanks for the like, however many decades. And I was like, wow, like this is 
like incredibly historic for one thing but it's just like a change and it's going to impact a lot more people than just football and football is the driving force behind this so it is incredibly sad and I want to make sure that like my like you know reaction to this of like I just want to get it over with just do it whatever I don't care it's not that I don't care it's more just that like this sadness has finally hit me and like I'm taking it all in of like things are changing um but yeah it, it's not like the best it's not the best feeling in the world to have the Pac-12 not be a power five conference anymore I will I will take it out. I'll take it for your local, right? So you have like local feelings, geographical feelings. Mm-hmm. And I and I think those are important. And I have that same feeling from afar that it is I and what's really interesting to hear other people like coaches, administrators or or conference commissioners, like we're trying to figure out how we got here. It's like the hot dog suit meme. Like someone's trying to figure out who did this. And yeah, everything is a part of it. The networks are a part of it, ESPN. Fox, um, you know, the money, the interest, the passion for football, all of it has created this stew. I don't like stew. And I don't, college football, I, to be clear, I'm going to watch and I'm going to love it and we're all going to fucking love yes. it because we fucking love it. And so I don't, not the college football is dying guy, but college football is selling its soul along the way. Let's be, let's be clear about this. We're losing. Yes. We're losing pieces of what makes, makes what made it great for us to get into. Yes, it. what and, made it the sport that it is, and how popular it is, and all of those things. Um, yes, it, yeah, it is. It's incredibly sad to watch some of the like press conferences of like coaches explaining the stuff of like the mental health that it takes on athletes. I think it was Eli Drinkwitz in Missouri that was talking about it and just saying like, this is. This isn't easy. This isn't an easy transition for um, a lot of these student athletes. And it's, yes, it's exciting for fans because in terms of like, you know, where you can watch and how you can consume this, better teams playing better teams. Like, of course, this stuff is all exciting and good, but it is, there is such a big impact on the student athletes. And I think that is kind of getting lost in the shuffle and also just like the the, the way the whole, like, Pac-12 situation went down where it was like, okay, you know, Oregon and Washington basically were like, all right, we're going to dip so we don't Peace. get left in the dust. And then it just went from there. But even, like, the fact that, like, I mean, we've heard rumors of the Big Ten expanding with Pac-12 teams. But, like, I mean, Oregon and Washington aren't going to see the same, like, source and revenue from these for media deals for a time. couple of years. Yeah. yeah. Until like, I want to say it's till 2030. Like I they, think it's like that extreme and they had no choice. They felt like they had no choice, but to do something like that. And instead of taking the initial offer of going, you know, cause I believe I, with everything, I believe that in the conversations with USC and UCLA, there was a, Hey, Oregon and Washington, maybe we floated out there and see what happens. And I think uh, because they turned it down initially, they got screwed on the back end. And that has an impact. It really does. I mean, Oregon, they've got, you know, a guy named Phil Knight that's, you know, yeah. going to be going to keep the the school yeah, afloat. But there's, but but still, it's a lot of money to leave on the table to move and to not stay with the Pac-12. That just goes to show you how bad the and dire the situation was with what the Pac-12 was offering. Um, I have thoughts on that, but did you see? I almost just tried to drink my beer out of the wrong end. If you are on YouTube, you can go back, and I literally like. <laughs> I did producer not see Matt, it, but I'm going to go back it, and watch it. it. Yeah, it was like, and then clip I'm like, it, producer I did Matt. It. Huh. 
Like that's weird. That's a first. Um, it's been a I long talk, day. It's been a long day. I talked to somebody in athletics in a mm-hmm. power five school who said sources. And wow. I, I, and I know. And I Fancy, saw this. So I, professional. I, well, I saw somebody mention this, and I forget who it was on Twitter saying, uh, "Administrators said in eight to ten years they're all going to get back together." And I have a like. I just wanted to like what. They said that in eight to ten years, and I forget who this was, but there was somebody making its rounds um, saying that the travel burden is so high that college football will have a reckoning. Mm -hmm. And okay, and I asked this person that. I said, is that is that kind of do you feel that's true? Wouldn't go that far, but did say, you know, football traveling, you travel for two days like and you figure it out. But you think about basketball you think about Soccer. all the other teams it's... that have to climb the coast now. Yep. At Big Ten, I'm talking about right now. Yes. And they're like that. The toll of what's going to happen from a a emotional and financial standpoint, right, is so large, it's going to be exhausting. Like, yeah. I don't think schools are overly excited. You're a basketball team. You're you're Rutgers, and I know you want to make fun of Rutgers. Your Rutgers basketball is actually pretty good. So you're Rutgers basketball. You got to go out west. You're going to play USC. You play UCLA. You're going to play Washington, Oregon. You're going to do all this in a week, and then you're going to come home, and you're going to be fucking tired, and then you're going to do that once a year. And every team's going to basically have to do this, right? Like that's how it's going to mm-hmm. go. That's a lot. So I think, like, there is a toll that this is going to take on well, our enjoyment and on the players and coaches and, and staff. Uh, more importantly. I mean, think about sports that don't have as big of a budget as even basketball. For sure. Like women's soccer, tennis, golf. Like those sports and that travel is, they don't fly private. You know, they're they're having to drive from place to place sometimes on buses. Like this isn't going to go well for a lot of the other sports. And I think that's why it's frustrating for a lot of people is because the driving force is football. And there's a lot of other things that are going to be impacted by that. But I think I think that person is kind of right in the sense that, like, there may need to be some restructuring of how college athletics is is set up in terms of conference and who you play and what you do. And, um, yeah, it's... You know who's not getting a lot of the money that I talked about is the person that I talked to. It's not like the salaries of these people within the it, department are sorry. Yeah. So coaches are making money and the schools will make money. And when you're Oregon and Washington and it's 2029 and you're going to what, 70 million or whatever the share is going to be, something crazy, mm-hmm. like it'll make sense. But I'm tired of it. I'm just done with it. Like I think I'm like this was like the most anticlimactic. I made this analogy on Twitter. It's like a show that you watch. Like the realignment show was great. Texas mm-hmm. and Oklahoma and USC, UCLA. You're it was like, exciting. Wow. It's good, and like it's the show you watch, and then they fuck with the plot. All right, you they fuck with the plot before the third season. You're like, you know what? I think I'm done. I think I'm done, and I'm not done with football. God, I can't wait for football. Week yeah. zero, two weeks. Holy shit, let's go! But I'm annoyed by all of this, and I think everybody's kind of annoyed. This is not an original take. Everybody's just kind of at the same stance of like, whatever, man. Like, get it over yes. with and do it, and then. Right, you have like you're you're in a different stage now. You're in one of like grief, of sadness. Yeah. Um, yes. Right. It's like I the the Pac-12 that I like know and loved, and like I also tweeted this. I was like, did someone check on Bill Walton because like the Conference of Champions is his baby in his life. Um, 
And it's been that way the entire time for him. And that's like crazy to think about. Um, yeah, there's a lot of like nostalgia that I think is is gonna be hard. I, I will say I hope that um Big Twelve basketball fans get together and say, Hey, we would love to have the Pac twelve do what the Pac twelve tournament does and goes to Vegas. Although it is in Kansas City, it's still very fun, but I think Vegas Big Twelve would be very fun to have Arizona, Kansas, Baylor. Oh by, man. I, by the way, I, I might need to make my way to Vegas for the last Pac twelve <laughs> basketball tur a real Pac twelve basketball tournament with Arizona basketball in it. So yeah, it's it's kinda weird and I'll I'll go through the motions of the the all right, this is the stage I'm at, you know. And um, share those here openly on the pod. But yeah, it's it was a weird feeling. Like Friday, like I, I, full disclosure, I was up in the mountains and I got a bunch of texts being like, hey, this is like going down. And I'm like, what? I think you and I were on the phone and I was like, wait, what? It's like oh, yeah. official. It's like, do, and, I need, do anything think for this? Like, yeah, you're like, hey, uh, just heads up. Uh, well, did you see the is breaking yeah. and, um, yeah, what? any, any thoughts? Um, one funny aftermath of this is the Big 12 is fucking hilarious. I, the Big 12, is just this, it's like a mid-buffet, okay? You're hungover as shit. You are hungover. And you walk in, and there's there's some, like, okay, French toast. Sure, I'll do that. And then you walk a little bit, and they're like, okay, we got fried chicken. And then you walk over there, like, oh, they have shrimp? I don't yeah. want shrimp at 1030, oh but I'm going to have some fucking shrimp. It and really is. The Big 12 is this hodgepodge. Uh, it is. It is a hungover buffet that I don't necessarily seek out, but I am <laughs> entertained by. It is weird as shit, and I mean that in a good way. Like, it's <laughs> bowl eligible, but, like, but like you're going to watch. Yeah. You are, you are going to watch. I um I saw someone, so we've talked about this at length on the podcast, about um relegation and how relegation works in, in like, Premier League soccer and most, yes. you know, foreign soccer. And... Uh, I thought it was funny that that conversation came up on Twitter after all this happened. Um, it was like, oh, you guys have been asking for relegation. Well, this is kind of what it's going to look like. And I'm curious how that goes. Um, seeing how this has all been dismantled, I think for now it's stabilizing and like we'll play a year with these new, um, these new teams. But like we talked about before, there's going to be opportunities to buy teams out of their, you know contracts and move yep. them into conferences and do all of that um it should be interesting to see what the level of play brings about because i do think the big 12 obviously expanding this year but then you know adding what i would what i feel is a more premium package now um is going to be interesting to see if those teams stay in it or what the system is going to be moving forward also i what just to tie a bow Still waiting on the announcement of new conference names. Because, uh, yes. again, if there's a number involved, it needs to be the number of teams in your conference, <laughs> or you just don't use that. So let's I, I figure just, it out. I think we could all, as a podcast, you, me, listeners, figure out a slogan for the Big 12. Like, the Big 12. Like, fuck it. That's why. Or, like, the Big 12. <laughs> like, uh, your drunk uncle's favorite league. Like you, like whatever, man. Like your that's drunk your uncle's sl- favorite league. I kind of like that. It's just you, the Big Twelve is just shrugs. 
It's right? kind of like, like a, yeah, it's kind of like a, a an ode to like John Rothstein, who like has the different phrases for like each of yeah. the some of the big teams. Yeah, B- Big Twelve, better than dead. Okay, yeah. like that's the Big Twelve. So yeah, better I, than I, dead. Better than dead. I think so, it'll come to us during the football season, and we could really workshop that. We're gonna rename. We're gonna give all the conferences new slogans this year. Yes, I, I, oh, I love that. And we, we've compared them to alcohols in the past. We could maybe that back up. We, we've got options here. All right, yeah. Well, let's, let's talk about a single photo. And I'm so glad you put this on the doc. Nick Saban <laughs> smiling. So, uh, he walks out of a presser. I don't know the context other than it was all over my Twitter feed, and he's got one of the most genuine, childlike smiles that I've ever seen on that man's face. And what are your immediate thoughts here when you see him smiling after a fall camp practice and a, and a press conference, which normally, honestly, is very spicy? Yes. Um, I, first of all, just loved everyone's reaction to it because everyone was like, uh-oh, this is bad for everyone. If this man is smiling this way during a preseason press conference, you should be slightly worried. Um, my immediate thought was, hell yeah. Well, I'm so excited. But um, that, and I was like, wow, he really is. This is the second I second time I've used this joke because I used it on our live stream. But he's very much in his reputation era, um, if you if you will. I, I, I love that. You, I'm going like, to make a TikTok of um, college football coaches and what Taylor Swift era they're in. Oh, that would and, be excellent. That's actually, I, I have a... A funny TikTok. I want to bring that up too later on in the pod. I just had a oh, like oh a funny yeah, TikTok. Yeah. No, a funny conversation that we had about TikTok that just made me feel how old I was. But we'll oh get yeah, 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 yes, um, I know what you're referring to. But yeah, what were like, your thoughts of the picture? Oh yeah, it's like I got. I had literally started researching more on Alabama. Like literally, I was like, yeah. okay, I got to reshuffle I miss? here. I'm not. I'm not a an Alabama hater. We'll preview conferences. We're gonna. I should say that we're gonna start talking actually about football. But um, it did make me kind of recalibrate my Alabama expectations. And also maybe yep. in his older age, I don't know if it's possible, he's mellowing out. Um, he just no. bought a $17 million home. Yes, that's right. The Jupiter house. And it looks awesome. It's on the, it's on the water. And like maybe Saban's just reaching his, um, like not coast. The man knows no thing is coast. No. But his satisfaction of an appreciation era but his chill like vibes era i love when he smiles i think he's really behind the scenes I love when he smiles. People, people love him okay and it's not bullshit yes he can be tough he can be a hard ass he can be hard ass with the media but like <laughs> you talk to people that know him and they they appreciate him and his silly side and all that so i i um, it's a little unnerving for everybody else to see him smiling but i i enjoy it have you seen the movie just friends with ryan reynolds no. Okay, well, there's a, a guy in it who sings a song that's like, when Jamie smiles, and that's like, when Saban smiles. Like, all I can think, it sends yeah. me miles. Like, I all I can think about is when you're like, I love when he smiles. I do love when he smiles. I, I, we, I, I yeah. He's a good, he's got a good smile. You should use it more. What I would, well, and what I would say is, um, I know we've talked a lot about like having wine with Lane Kiffin or Lane Kiffin, Lincoln Riley. Wow, that was a goof. Um, the other one has come up too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But going to Lincoln Riley's house, we've seen the pictures of his his house and his wine cellar. I think hanging out with Nick, having a cigar and just two beers, um, at his 
Jupiter house seems like a cool thing that we should do. And like, I don't want to talk football, but I will. If he wants to talk football, we'll talk whatever no. he wants to talk about. No, yeah, yeah exactly. Whatever he feels like talking about. We could talk I, about, you know. Could you imagine the stories that man has of of life and football and whatever? Like, yes, we should do this. Yeah. Not even for content, but like, you know. Just to have that. Too. Just yes. to have that that memory. Yeah. No, um, I feel that as well. And all right, before we dive into the Pac-12 and the and ACC. The reading a football day, holy shit. Um, Hard Knocks, episode one. All right, so I am a Jets, Jets fan. Yeah, I'm a Jets, Jets fan. fan. I am Kramer, a homer. Go first. I was. That was the best Jets television performance of the last ten years. Okay. Okay. They made that, like, for Jets fans. Like, guys, your lives have really sucked. <laughs> In this hour is all going to be how great it is, and how awesome Aaron Rodgers is, and so. Completely biased. I was, um, I watched it with my wife too, and she's like, "Wow, this was actually fun." But like, she's watching me, and it's like a kid on Christmas morning, just smiling. Like, did you see Aaron Rodgers say that? Like, did yeah. you did you see what he did? Did He's you happy see to that? Be here. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, Sauce Gardner. Look how long his arms are. Like, uh, like that was me the entire time. Okay, so I, of course, I was entertained. But this is not a real fair review. Like, as a Jets fan. We did a laughing stock, and it was all about hope and optimism. And so I was like seeing other people comment on it, like, oh, this was boring. It was, unless you're a Jets fan. Like, I, I could see that, but I was, again, thoroughly entertained, uh, completely biasedly entertained. Yeah. I, I'm pretty critical of these things, and I thought it was a really good episode. Um, go. I may or may not have shed a little bit of a tear. When Sauce got his degree, just because it's cute, and his mom was like, "I wanted that." Like that stuff gets me every time. Um, I was cracking up when Aaron Rodgers was like telling everybody to go say hi to oh my Liv God. Schreiber, and um, he specifically Zach Wilson when he's like, "He's like, go say hi, go say hi." It's like your mom, where like she's like, "You're at a birthday party and you're like little, and like there's like an adult there that you haven't seen in a while." And she's like, "Go, go say hi, like go say hello." Like that's literally what it felt like. And he's like such like a um, voice of God. Yeah, the voice of God. He just kept saying it over and over yeah. again. And like he's, I mean, look, he's been doing this for a long time, so he has it down. But I also loved a bunch of the players like telling them how old they were when they like started oh, watching so him sure. play. I was like seven years old, like just so good. And like I want to play till I'm forty, you know? Um, like just funny little like digs. And I think, um, yeah, I I found it very interesting. I think. I can sometimes not love Aaron Rodgers' content, but I think this this was pretty great, and I think um, I think we'll get some good storylines out of it. Oh, Quinn and Williams, like that's the other thing. Like there are a lot of really interesting people. Quinn and Williams is awesome. There yeah. will be Quinn and Williams content. I will. That episode is coming, right? And he just it's signed a massive deal. They'll do a lot on him. We we he is hilarious. They have characters, so. They um, really do. I know people weren't happy about like Hard Knocks breaking the fourth wall of like bringing in the voice um, to be a part of it. I thought it was really cool. Like, I think it's neat for a show to stay nipple. Like, well, they did it because Aaron Rodgers is obsessed with him. Like, it's not like it wasn't I, like relevant. Like, Aaron Rodgers really wanted to meet him. So I feel like that, it, you know, I, is what you go with, you know? I, I am ready for the Jets to break me. But I'm enjoying. It's been like one oh yeah, of the your more, yeah, your season is yeah. going to be very turbulent. Like oh, I, yeah. it, it, trust me, I hope for the best. But yeah, it's oh, going to yeah. be a. 
right now though, it's, ride. It's, it's been very fun and i'm i enjoyed it but of course i did um pack 12 preview we are officially official in talking about football conference before the season begins that brings me so much joy because we are coming up to the year and i love how we are starting with the pack 12 now i wrote about this on bleacher report you and i came up with the idea that no matter how fucked up the pack 12 is or pack four this is an amazing season for the conference mm-hmm. let your bullshit jokes i will not have them about the Pac-12, I do not want to hear about the playoff drought. I don't want to hear any of this. This is the most entertaining conference in college football. It doesn't mean it's the best. You can separate the two things. There we go. Good job. Uh, the quarterback play is amazing. I am ready. And and the other part of this is, like, it's not just top-heavy. Colorado is going to be interesting. Arizona, who's recruiting their ass off, Ayo. is going to be very interesting. I'm not just saying that. Arizona State, who has a new head coach, is going yes. to be interesting. So from top to bottom to me, by far the most compelling conference in the country. I just yeah. want to start off by saying that. Yeah, and kind of how we're going to run through these um, conference previews is we're going to do two a week until we hit the SEC. Then the SEC is going to be by itself because it's a lot of conversation in itself. And some would say it means more. Um, probably not on this pod. We're going to give them a new slogan. But yeah, Inside. I think we'll go through like biggest questions, obviously get into some betting, but yep. discuss some of the big stuff that's kind of going on in each of these conferences and things that we're kind of excited to watch. Um, I think even talking today on the predicting the AP poll, just excited to like get some like tangible like ways to evaluate some of these players and teams, because especially in the Pac-12, there's a lot of teams that I think could take a step forward and it'll be really interesting to kind of watch how that kind of all unfolds. Um, so the favorite to win the conference, of course, is USC. They're in. And USC had an amazing year under Lincoln Riley, and they have their quarterback in Caleb Williams, who, when healthy, is incredible, right? Maybe the best quarterback prospect we've seen in a really long time. I don't like putting the years attached because people are ah. shit. But he's really good. Yes. They've lost some players. They've gotten some players. My question to you, and our question really to talk about, is the is the defense good enough? The yep. defense because the offense could score. So is the defense good enough to carry them past where they were, which was really fucking close last year? I mean, if, I if not for that hammy that yeah. he has, like what happens? I it's a fair question. So I, we start, yeah, start there. What do we do with this USC team in this defense? Um, I think it's going to certainly be better i know they've hit the transfer portal and we talked about this earlier the fix that everybody wanted was a new defensive coordinator that wasn't going to happen lincoln riley's been very clear about that um so i i do think they get better it's also like you know having guys be around for a year kind of the embarrassment of that bowl game um and you know blowing a lead like that and that was mostly defensively so um Yeah, I think there's a lot of things that need to be fixed, but I think I have a lot of faith in that Lincoln Riley knows what he's doing. And, like, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. Um, But I think we're going to find out, like, very quick with USC how good that defense is going to be just because the Pac-12 is not an easy – it's just not an easy slate no matter what. They went to the portal. Um, Bear Alexander from Georgia was an interesting guy. Um, who is it? Jack Sullivan from Purdue. 
they went up front, which I think is really interesting. Um, and that's good. You need to do that. Like, this is the second yeah. year they've been very active in the portal. Um, they didn't make a change at coordinator, I think, and that's going to be a talking point the moment they are not as Let's, good. Yeah. But the thing about it with me, and, and this is a really interesting conversation as a whole, turnovers. They were number one in turnover margin. They were sixth in turnovers overall last year. And when they needed a, a turnover, they they got one. Like mm-hmm. on command, especially at those first those first 10 weeks, it was like on cue, amazing. And it made up a lot of deficiencies. Last two games, they couldn't tackle anybody. The two-lane game was a, like a disaster, a great game. Yeah. Um, and so I wonder, and there's no answer to this, like how does that translate? Now, you can become good at forcing turnovers. Iowa does a lot of things bad, but Iowa historically has done a great job of you know, the non-offensive touchdowns. This is their mm-hmm. brand of football. So you can do this. Like It's not that it can't be done. But when you when you rely on this like they did, you open yourself up to trouble. And when you have the type of offenses that you have in this league, I I am not that high on this team. I, I'm really not. I, I I want I say that relatively speaking, the over under and win totals is ten plus one hundred over. So even Vegas is a little is a little trying to figure this thing out, right? Like well, how good are they going to be? Yeah, and you're one injury away from you know you've seen what happens when someone's not at their full strength in a big portion of your team. But I, I think that with the Pac-12 this year specifically, there are a lot of very good offenses, and that that was kind of the case last year too. We saw some offenses that we weren't sure about in Washington and Oregon really take the the next step forward, um, and I think it's going to continue this year. But I, I, that has to be your your number one focus is getting through the Pac-12 because. I mean, yeah, obviously they have Notre Dame and things like that, but that's your road to the playoff. And I think as long as they don't get ahead of themselves and they focus kind of on the task at hand, they can get through that tough schedule. Because if they get through it, even just with a loss and a Pac-12 champion, ooh, yes. that's impressive oh, uh, to me. Agreed. Let's let's go, because we can talk about USC. Yeah. Um, let's talk Washington. Let's talk Oregon. So as you get as you get past USC – in what people think is going to happen, you usually arrive to these two teams in some order, maybe Utah, but let's talk Washington, let's talk Oregon. Which one of these two teams do you have more faith in? Oregon. And it's because I their defense was bad and got better. Um, offensively, I think they look really solid. Obviously, you said that they're they're losing their offensive coordinator, so you know, that can play into things, but I think with Washington the biggest thing defensively last year was that they legitimately gave up like such big plays that just took the air out of whatever momentum they had to win games. Um and so I think I have more faith in Oregon in that aspect. Now, do I have all the faith in the world that Washington can win the Pac-12? Absolutely. Um, it's just going to depend on on those adjustments and, and how well they play in, in those close games. I am going to say Washington slightly. Wow. Uh, Who would have thought I, that this is I, where I, we land? I know, I, I, but like, I'm not, I'm limping into this one. I like both these teams. I like both these quarterbacks. Can they both stay healthy? Um, when we saw, you know, you know, with Oregon, the offensive line was really good last year. They lose a lot there. Like, Bo Nix has just got to keep it going. And, God, he was on such a heater. I think Penix is, like, 
he's that dude. I really do. Yeah. There's so many of their weapons. You're right. Like stylistically, they're ready to just like <laughs> just taking the gloves off and they're just rolling up their sleeves and like, all right, like beat us. And you can and you possibly but but at home they were on monster last year and I you keep your coordinator in. We mentioned this in the live stream. There was an offer for him to go to Alabama. He chose not to. I think it says a lot about the offense they have. I like both these teams a lot. Um and I like both these quarterbacks a lot. I think you can make a really compelling this is like a, a very punt of an answer. I think you can make a very compelling case for both. And yeah. I think you can make a very compelling case for both to legitimately win the conference and even make the playoffs. Yeah, and it's so interesting because I was reading like preview content on stuff to prep for this and it was just interesting that pretty much everyone is like on the same boat of like this is basically I people feel the same about these two teams. We're like, "Hey, we know yep. their offenses are going to be good. What's the defense going to bring? Can their defense be good in the moments against the teams that they need to be good?" Like, it's just they don't need to be great. They just need to be good, you know. Um, it's very much a similar vibe, and I think um, I think it'll be a bit of a chaotic season with those two teams. Um, okay, outside of that, underhyped and overhyped. I mm-hmm. I am happy to take the overhype, and I'm going to say Colorado. Okay, I know their win totals not a lot, but for the attention this team has got, like, and this is not a point spread overhype. This is a long friggin' road. I think they have now. Their quarterback, Deion's son, can <laughs> help like close that gap. I think what we've heard about Colorado, what we'll see in terms of just the hype, are going to be very, very different. I'm yeah. not sure where you fall on this one or not. Like in terms of over, I would agree with you that that's the overhype. I would say under hype. We can go with Oregon State because I don't think they're getting enough Fuck yeah. love because I think. What? I, no, that was the that was the right yeah. that was the right response. Um, that was better than your what's up, y'all. Um, thank you, thank you you're for welcome. like I needed giving that. you a compliment. Yeah, yeah you're welcome. Well, just, you just like just a little little bone throw. Thank you. Yeah, I yeah no, like, but I think Oregon State is going to be even better than they were last year. They were a very surprising team. They almost beat USC. Like I think. You know, Oregon State's not an easy place to play. I also think, like, there's going to be, this sounds kind of lame, but, like, there's got to be a chip on those guys' shoulders of, like, kind of sure. being, like, leave us out of all this conference realignment. Like, watch this. Like, that would be a perfect way to end the Pac-12, essentially, as we know it, with, like, Oregon State showing everybody out. So, I mean, I may sprinkle a little on that. We are big on the they, sprinkle. We are 11-1 to 1 to win the Pac-12. It is my favorite dark horse future bet that you can yeah. make. Um, they won 10 games. They should have beat USC. They beat, what, they beat Oregon. They are good. And and I guess, you know, what are we going to get out of DJ, right? And yeah. what are we going to get? But I, I don't necessarily know he needs to do a ton. They have a great line. They have great running backs. That is a really fun team. I, I like... And I love the revenge tour angle, by the way. Yeah. I, I, I don't know how real it is or not, but fucking you know I'm what? In. let's go with it. Let's roll let's, and we can say go. it started here on this podcast. Um, but we do have to do what everybody wants us to do. Yes. Which is pick someone to win the conference. Who are you gonna go with as your Pac twelve conference winner? I'm gonna go with Washington and I'm gonna say they just miss making Okay. 
I'm going to go with USC, and I'm not going to give any playoff prediction. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> fair. Well, are you know what? Because you know what? It all it's all going to depend on another conference. All right, it's all going to pretend on depend on the actually two conferences, the Big Twelve and the ACC. Because I think there's teams in each of those conferences that could ruin it for the the Pac-12. I think don't there's we ha- don't we have to pick a playoff like on this podcast? Yeah, eventually we can pick a playoff, but I'm I I'm hinting oh, the fact that I'm not I picking. Okay, well, okay, don't I have tell to go through the schedules. Just, yeah, yeah, fair enough. Okay. I'm not picking USC necessarily yeah. to make the playoff, and I did before, well, but I, I have... actually, you know what? I take that back. I am going to pick them to make the playoff. Yeah, this is a wild turn right. of events. Uh, well, because I I thought about it and I looked Texas schedule because I, I was thinking Big Twelve. ACC, I don't think Florida State or Clemson get through. Clemson, I think, has a better chance of getting through undefeated, um, but I don't think they actually do. So um, I think I think USC will have the – they'll be a one-loss Pac-12 champ, in my opinion. I um, Before we go into our ACC preview, mm-hmm. I'm looking on Twitter here because I did believe that uh, I saw a note that Notre Dame is in favor – of Cal and Stanford being added as members. This is from Larry Williams. I'm told Notre Dame is full voting member of the ACC is pushing hard for the additions of Stanford and Cal. That full voting member part is something. Um, hilarious. I have no opinions on that other than whatever, man. Let's talk football instead. So, ACC preview. Uh, not as fun as the Pac-12. Not as deep as the Pac-12. But still, but still very, some very fun, fun teams. Oh my God! Yeah, no, huge storylines. But I think the storylines really are at the top. So let's start with let's start with Clemson. Um, Dabo, they did not have as bad of a season as we proclaimed it to be last year. It started off rough. They got it together. There were times when DJ looked great, and there were times that after the first half he got benched or almost got benched, and Kate Klubnik came in. He looked great, and sometimes not great, and they didn't give Will Shipley the ball enough. So they went out and they hired a offensive coordinator that you and I both really like. We've talked about in the pod, and Garrett Riley, and they got all grown up. And Dabo now is saying that I can't all do this shit with people that are in my program. I have to go outside of it, and I think it's a critical point for Clemson. Yeah. I I really like this team, probably more than I Me should. Me too. Um, and I think, again... Will Shipley's a guy that I'm going to have Heisman money on, okay? So I don't know why DraftKings doesn't have their Heisman odds up yet, or again. But I I'm all, I am think Kate Klubnik's going to be amazing. I think we looked too hard at him as a freshman and expected greatness. He literally got the perfect addition. The receivers are okay. That's maybe your part on the offense that you're like, okay, like it's not great, but it's good enough. I like Clemson a lot, and it's going to be hard to talk me off of. Yeah, I actually am surprisingly high on Clemson. I know I mentioned that I think USC will inevitably make the the playoff, but if there is a team that can do it, I think Clemson is more likely to knock them out than Texas is, if I'm being honest. Um, Because Clemson's schedule is obviously a little bit easier. I think, you know, it's so strange the narrative around, like, Davo. Like, he had, what was it, six college football playoff appearances in eight years like you you win two national championships like he knows what he's doing he dug his feet in a little bit like you mentioned like of 
not bringing people in that maybe he should have brought in sooner and not getting creative that way and not adapting to some of the stuff that college football has thrown. But I feel like he's slowly but surely figured it out and knows that that's the way to, you know, continue and be successful. So I do think um, they are going to be better than they were last year and a little bit more consistent in the way that we're used to seeing Clemson. Now, the odds to win the ACC are fascinating. Clemson is plus 145. Florida State is plus 150. Let's talk about Florida State. So um, we said it today. They are perhaps the biggest hyped offseason champ. I kind of get it. I think Jordan Travis is great. I think Johnny Wilson, the wide receiver, is one of the cooler, most unique players when you look at his size. Jared Verse, the defensive end, people were saying that if he left, he would have been a top 10 pick. He chose to come back. Florida State has a lot of mojo. And they were good last year. Um, they still Florida Stated some things. Are we getting yeah. ahead of ourselves a little bit with Florida State? Maybe like a smidge? Yes. I think, I think so too. And I love that they play LSU because I feel kind of the same way about LSU. Like I, I agree. think because both of those programs have returned so much, they have, I mean, Brian Kelly obviously can coach. We've discussed this at nauseum. Um, and I think Norvell is finding his footing and really, you know, showing what they kind of expected of him um, coming in. And I, I think we're a little bit ahead of ourselves because, again, it is so hard to win out in a lot of leagues. Um, and Florida State is still going to have competition. And like you said, you got to you got to Florida State needs to not Florida State some of this stuff. I like um, them too. I mean, like it's weird. Me too. I, I but I do think that we are in. I mean, I I do think we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves on this because, like, I mean, some of the off season conversation is like this could legit be a a um, playoff team, like to the point where people are like, yeah, if the cards end up right and they're the champs of their conference, then yeah, I think they they could be in. Their win total is 10. The over is plus 130. 10. I mean, it's almost the same as USC's again scheduling. Clemson, yeah. the over is 10, and the juice is minus 105. It's it's always kind of funny Close. when we look at those totals because you can see where basically everyone thinks the playoff is going to end up. Um, yes. You can kind of gather what the conversations are going to be. So, like, kind of like I mentioned, like, I think the Pac 12, the Big 12, and the um, ACC are always fighting for one spot, really. Because there's always going to be two teams for one of the other, um, you know, big power fives. Um, yeah, it's fascinating. I, 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 this, this year, hopefully, the final year of, of a team of four, we get an exciting end to the season where the committee has to make a pretty difficult decision based on, um, you know, teams actually finishing out a season strong. Um. North Carolina seems as yes. like the next logical threat to uh, be in or win an ACC title. Forget mm-hmm. about being in the championship, but being in the title itself. So how do we treat this team that is has maybe the best player in college football, Caleb Williams, mm-hmm. maybe the best player in college football, but they might. And yeah. so what do you do? And then again, like we, we mentioned earlier, they had a really bad Tez Walker receiver that was expected to be like a star for them, denied eligibility um, for some immediate eligibility. Kind of a big deal. Huge gut punch. We kind of could get that around. So 
that doesn't necessarily decide it, but how do we treat UNC? Because we know, and it's a little different, but similar to USC, they've got this great player and then what? Yeah. Well, I think it's a slightly different because I think USC definitely has oh, more to sure. offer there. But it is like, okay, is Drake May enough? You know what I mean? And also, yes. I feel so. I still feel guilty for forgetting his name during one of our off-season pods. I just that that was a harsh reality of of off-season. Um, but yeah, He's I don't know. Better. That, yeah. Yes, I mean just Drake. Let's go, dude. Yeah. So, do we think that that's enough? I don't know that it's enough to be able to win the ACC for sure. But I think you know they'll make it interesting for sure. I it's enough to ruin some people's goddamn days. Yes. yes. I mean. Well, what does that translate to? They're over yeah. under, by the way, North Carolina is eight, and then the over is minus 130. So, again, a bit of a difference there. So Yeah, so people um, assume that they're going to – I mean, I honestly think they could really ruin some seasons, and that's how I feel about, like, Penn State, you know, where, like, they're getting hyped, but I think they could really ruin some seasons if they wanted to. Overhyped? I don't know if anybody's over – like, maybe Florida, Florida State, State slightly. Florida State like, is absolutely overhyped. But but I'm not I'm not fully I don't know I'm not fully there and then um, underhyped is kind of interesting because there's there, there's a couple of programs and I don't know if they're going to win but I look at Wake Forest and how successful the system has been you obviously use your quarter lose your quarterback but I trust the coach I trust the process so to speak Wake Forest is currently sixty to one to AC to win the ACC this is not an endorsement to bet this that. But it does say, like, how far they are. They're behind North Carolina State and Miami and Pittsburgh and Duke, and there they are. I like I like that program a lot. I just feel like it's someone we're not talking about right now, and we this is a Wake Forest podcast. Um, just that's kind of how it works. Yeah, that's a fair assessment. I feel like it's so interesting because we, we've really all we've heard out of the ACC is the Florida State hype. Clemson is getting back to Clemson-ing in the good way, and um, – and UNC has a really good quarterback, and then the, the rest, and then it's just everybody else. So let's the, hope the that... other. Well, the other storyline, Brom going back to Louisville is very interesting. Like yeah. what? Ha- like he's. I think he's a great coach. I think it's. You think he's going to be at home? I think it's a great fit. I think it may take a while. I don't know what's going to happen there, but I know people that I've talked to have been a lot higher on them than I've been. Um, that's one to watch. I will plug today. I did. I just filed a new locks of the week, which is locks of the week previewing uh, betting content and games of the year. And one of the games of the year that I did preview was Clemson versus Florida state. Clemson is at home versus Florida state. I'm not even going to do what's the point spread, but Clemson was the three point favorite. And I liked Clemson in that spot. So to me, that is the biggest game in the ACC this year. It is at Clemson. I think Clemson is going to win the conference. Do you agree with that? I will agree with that. I think we both think that, you wow. know, Florida State could could potentially do it, but I think ultimately Clemson, you know, does, or Dabo. does thing. Or Dabo. Dabo's dancing. Um, how does it how does it feel to preview conferences? It feels good here. It feels good here. I like how you answered your own question. <laughs> um so okay. Are we already into random shit? We are. We're flying here. This is we're good. flying here. Forty-seven um, minutes later, we're flying. <laughs> for, so, <laughs> was like, "Wow, this is such a. St- we're just flying wow. through this." It's yeah. Just, well, normally, if there's wine involved, I'll look down and it's be like, like eight hour hours eats. later. It's like fuck. Um. So, 
after we hang up, I need to record videos for BR Betty. <laughs> and I've done this the last couple of years, and it's a lot of fun. They're 90 seconds, and um, we're looking at all the stuff that we're talking about, you know, videos on Texas and Alabama, who, who will knock off Georgia, stuff like that. It's been a blast. And we'll do it, I'll do it in the middle of the season. So we had a meeting, uh, what was this, last week? Oh, I was yeah. Five minute, I was five minutes late for I apologize. Uh, I was literally stuck in traffic. It's funny who we do the videos with is from the area and knows, you know, the whole traffic situation. Not, not, not my style, though, even though I'm late for the podcast every single week. But I was stuck in traffic. But we were talking about content this, for this year, and you and I have been doing live streams and other things we could do with BR and the betting folks who were great. And they brought up TikTok. And there was a conversation that you were having, and I that was being had very much without me. And I'm just like, I'm just like looking up, like, you know, like a cat that's like watching a bird, like go yeah. from root. Like, like that was me. Like the, I felt very old. I felt very old after this conversation. And I bring that up because you bring it up most weeks of my lack of TikTok prowess. And yeah, I think the content you're going to produce is going to be amazing if we do it. And also I just realized like the, the each year I'm becoming my dad and <laughs> I'm not proud of that, but it's, it's happening more and more. Yeah. To be fair, TikTok is very much my, my forte. I really enjoy being on the TikTok, TikTok app. Um, and I think the guys at BR betting know that. So that was yeah. definitely a funny conversation, but I mean, I did have to bring up that you call it the formula and not the algorithm. I'm never oh, yeah. ever going to let that go. I, I, Honestly, I'm going to get t-shirts made and pass them around because I think it's so funny. Um, and only because it's like the most like endearing thing about you is like technology. Even even also the the um, when you send in a, a article and it doesn't have a headline, it's like pages oh, headline Jesus. here or page whatever headline you think or some bullshit here. Like yeah. it's just it's just a classic thing that you've been doing for a while. They have. Um and there's just like su like some things you just are like, I know my strengths and I'm gonna stick to that. And yeah. TikTok and headline writing, not necessarily your strength. And so you you lean heavily on me for those things. But we there that's how this is. It's a give and go. Like you're there are a lot of things that you're better at than I am. So you know I, uh, I did send you a story idea for next week and I included like kind of a headline. Now that's Proud. the front end. The back end was, it was fucking agonizing and I hate it. But you I hate did it so try. much. It's okay. It's okay. I, which is weird because I love the, I love coming up with ideas. I do. It's one of my strengths, which is like idea generation. Yeah. But the Getting actual it, the head word and the hook, I'm like, oh, well, sorry, you're on your own. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I am not. I, I am not ready for TikTok. I don't know if I will be. My kids are ready. They're asking to have accounts, which of course, yeah. But um, I'm 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 gonna stay in my lane. My ninety yeah. second. I mean, you're clips. good at recording the TikToks when I ask you to do them. Well, I do like one sentence. Yeah, but like, that's but that's good. You're 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 starting I, off slow. Um, I, something yes. I did want to talk about is um I have not watched the Johnny Manziel documentary but I will be watching it before we record Same next here. week and we will discuss it um but the thing that I did see going around about it was him talking about how he watched zero tape and it's like duh like I mean it's there was a conversation about that but it also was like that just goes to show the lack of like 
give a shit. I mean, he was just rolling. He was just doing his own thing. But um, yeah, I'm very interested to watch the full documentary and get the the insight of everything Johnny Manziel there because I do find that stuff to be really fascinating. That I mean, that season was, and I saw people talking about this, like was so unbelievable. Yeah. And what he was doing, it was surreal in spite of himself or in spite of all the And I think, you know, you'll have this strong connection and then you hear the zero film thing and you just kind of, I kind of like get sad. Like I'm interested to see what emotions I have coming out of this because that's just like level of Fox given zero, but you, ha- he had this on like these three and a half months or whatever it was where yeah. he was just, it was like it was so it was surreal. Well, it was like you almost a fairy tale. like think of like what could have been if he was watching tape and what you know. And maybe that was. I mean, we talked about this with the the quarterback documentary, where like you you take three different individuals who are successful at this same thing and they all approach it in a different way. And yep. like you just never know. Obviously, like shoulda, coulda, woulda. But I am interested to see it. And also, it's just it's so strange that like. That wasn't that long ago, and we were having this conversation about, like, selling stuff and, and getting paid for these things, and now it's just, like, look at look where, where we are. You know, I, I can't imagine being a student-athlete during that time and, like, looking at what happens now. I mean, part of it's, like, good, and the other part of it, I would be like, thank God I'm not involved in any of this because it's just so much. You know, on that on that note, Gene Smith, the Ohio State AD, announced that he's retiring at the end okay. of next year, and he and people were kind of connecting the dots that this is a guy that's been around a long time, and like he's you know there's a lot of people in the sport or around athletics that are just like shit. This is tough. I'm out. Now it I don't is. know. He's been around a long time. He's had a really successful tenure, um, but they asked him about this, and he and they he brought up 2011. So you go back to Trestle and the selling the gold pants, and was just like. And I'm paraphrasing, but like that, they, they, that was not right. How it was, it was treated. Yeah. You you look at that, the tattoos and all that shit. And it wasn't that long ago of how we reacted. Yeah. And it is hard to believe like that we've made it this far in, you know, a little over a decade. So yeah, it's um, crazy. I found it interesting. I'm actually looking forward to actually watching his um, transcript because that's a guy that has been through some shit and has had some really interesting decisions with Urban Meyer and assistance and all that stuff and a lot of success too. And you wonder if they're seeing things now like, yeah, no, 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 no thanks. Yeah. Like I'll, I'll pass. No, totally. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to watch that. We will recap it a little bit on this yes. show. Um, Cause I did receive a DM asking if I'd watched it yet. And I was like, Oh, nope. I got to hard knocks today. Um, I squeezed it in during Good between choice. our, yeah, and just Good got choice. that got through that first episode. Um, but yeah, I think I think look at us leaving it under an hour. Producer Matt should be so happy. Um, um, yes. Yeah, we've got a lot more preview content coming. We're gonna be better about posting when we're gonna be live in the BR app. We will make sure that that hits our social yes. accounts so you guys are aware of it. Um, we will for sure be um, live after the um, AP poll drops on Monday. So um, look out for that in the BR app. We're also going to give you guys some more information on it, what the season will look like. We're still probably going to be the week of college football that we know all the things that we will be up to. So, um, yeah, just keep an eye out and you got a lot of fun shit bit. in the works. Yeah, we have yeah, a lot of, if you if you like the pod, the live streams are definitely uh, there's less no cursing or at least I try not to. 
Uh, I don't, I don't think, think I've either of us yet. have let one slip, which either. is really funny because we do it often on this show, and I never find myself almost. Although I will say, uh, I did almost get caught in a really bad comment of reading a comment on Penn State uh, when we were doing the oh, uniform thing. Well, so that was people are the comments are terrible. They but I, it is fun doing the live streams because you and I have done this now long enough, and we have comfort, right? You do these and videos then, with people. This is what I used to do with BR and like there's people that I know and like and Felder and Barrettsley and, and like we would do it once a year and you'd get a rhythm. The, the, what I love doing the live streams we get to, to host these things and I think even who is working with us are like, wow, that that was like really natural. The content may not always be right, um, <laughs> but, it does, but it does flow. Like we do have we've done <laughs> this shit enough of long-winded pods where we now know when the other's probably going to speak, right? Yes. And that part is a lot of fun, too. Yeah, I've gotten better at not interrupting you, which reminds me there is another TikTok that you and I need to make about interrupting, and it's, oh, yeah, it's perfect. Well, I'm in. Um, all right, so we will preview more football. Yes. Hopefully the sport does not break. Um, and we will talk to you guys next week. Bye.